Are you frustrated with the breath ketone devices that are on the market today? Well, let me introduce you to the brand new Level Meter. It is a simple, comfortable meter that allows you unlimited measurements for up to two users. It coincides with an Android or an iOS app to both track and trend your breath ketone data. You get detailed results displayed in the app within 15 seconds, and the monthly sensor change and calibration ensure clinical accuracy on the device. The Level Meter also gives you a 24-hour snap of your wellness choices, and it's great to note that even if someone is not on a ketogenic diet, elevated fat metabolism will register on the level. Anything over 2 ppm is considered elevated fat metabolism. Now, I've been using this for a little while, and I think you're going to love it too. Go to levelnow.com, that's L-E-V-L-N-O-W.com to get your level today. Now you know. Coming up in episode 1370, Zach Fowler. Connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place. You're listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world. This is the longest running health podcast on the air today. You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters. Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting. The amount of lives that you've changed at this point is incalculable. And now, here's our host and international best-selling author you're like the LL Cool J of podcasting Jimmy Moore Hey, hey, guys, we're back here on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today, I'm very privileged to welcome to the podcast a gentleman by the name of Zachary Fowler. Now, he's well-known, uh, and well, maybe he's not well-known, but he should be well-known to you. He will be after today uh, as a YouTuber going out there and doing all kinds of, uh, what, what do you call it, Fowler's Makery and Mischief. Oh, this can't be good. But he uh, grew up in, uh, where did you grow up? It was in Vermont, right? and you were always yep. outdoors and at the age of 21 you permanently moved to coastal Maine bought two and a half acres of rugged wooded land and during this time you spent uh, days making boats and just doing all kind of cool stuff but you got the opportunity to be on a survival reality show on the History Channel uh, it's called Alone and you actually beat out five thousand other applicants uh you and nine other contestants were each sent into the wild andes mountains in patagonia with 10 carefully selected survival items and camera equipment to document their solo adventures separated from the modern world yes guys no iphone no skype no nothing uh no human contact and then you you were i guess tasked to see how long you could survive. And then the last person standing would walk away with a half a million dollars. Well, guess what? That's exactly what Zach did. And so uh, he's here today to talk about some of the tips and the tricks that he did to win that and what he's doing now. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Man, so, wow, what a story you have. And I'm really excited to talk to you because there is a diet uh, element to this story that I definitely want to delve into. But tell us a little more about yourself. I mean, you sound like you're, you've always been kind of the adventurous type. Uh, what got you, I guess, enjoying the outdoors so much? Oh, it was my parents. They Every weekend we'd have some sort of adventure, go hiking or drive all the way across the state of Vermont to find some uh 
battle site where Benedict Arnold actually stood once or something <laughs> foolish. You know, we didn't care as kids, but we had such a great time looking yeah. for arrowheads and just adventuring with the family. Did you ever hunt for wild game? Uh, we, Yeah, my dad taught us to hunt when we were kids. Uh, never got anything, but uh, it was just fun spending time in the outdoors with my dad. So tell us the buildup to this uh, survival show. Number one, how'd you hear about it? And then what compelled you to think that you could be one of the possible contestants, uh, 10 contestants out of the 5,000? And then how'd you get on the show? Uh, Ever since I moved to Maine, you know, I I, uh, loved being uh, back into the outdoors again and started getting more back into it. Um, And uh, it just was, it was great. I bought my land and I was able to, buy all these books from old garage sales and I'd study them for the survival techniques and the survival lore. And then I'd go out and spend my time uh, playing in the woods and testing these um, trips, uh, traps and tricks and things that I've learned, um, the plants, the wild plants and, and harvesting food for myself from the woods. And um, I just had a great time doing it. And then uh, two years ago, I saw on TV, there was these shows were starting to really take off naked and afraid and I was like, I don't want to go out and survive naked, but I think I could do better than these guys. And, oh, come on. Yeah. And then uh, Alone came on and I was like, they get 10 survival items. That's like a camping trip. Yeah. You know? So I was like, I could do this. And the wife says- Did you know what the I'd, 10 were before you got on the show? We each get to pick our own 10 from a oh, list of- nice. Of a huge list. So um, we'll I chose- get to that in a minute. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I chose some unique items and uh, you know, I was- I, uh, when I applied for the show, uh, I went and tried to really sell it. Like I knew that, you know, they want like the village people when you're going yeah. for a show like this, they're looking for a fireman, you know, a teacher, <laughs> you know, they're looking for a variety. So yeah. I said, I'm going to hit as many varieties as I can. I sent them an email and said, I'm a ginger bearded boat builder that lives in a yurt that shoots slingshots. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, you're perfect. Sold, you know? sold, sold. Yeah. They're like, you hit so many categories. Oh, and you live in Maine. That's like gold, you know? Yes. Yeah, so they loved it, and I was fast-tracked, you know, right to the front. Oh, that is hilarious. And so, yeah, your background from your growing up period with your parents uh, being so into outdoors and then you buying these uh, acres of land, you were kind of used to being in the outdoors. Not everybody is outdoorsy types, um, and so it takes a special person. But to go on a reality show all by yourself with a camera with 10 items that you got to select off this list – uh, it's still a daunting task. So tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, um, leading up to the show, I had uh, I thought I had a perfect list, you know. And then it, when we went to a boot camp that uh, made the final selection, uh, I, I like had three weeks to put together everything to go to before I was to go to Patagonia, and um, I had a general list of like twenty items. And in the end, I broke it down to ten, which ended up being. Uh, mainly the more important items, the shovel, the slingshot. Um, Nobody had ever brought a slingshot. Nobody had ever brought a shovel before. I didn't choose a giant fixed blade knife. I chose a multi-tool. So I'd have all, and I modified my multi-tool. So it had a spoon gouge and a bunch of other stuff on it. Nice. A pot pot with a pan lid. And so like a sleeping bag, a fire starter, fishing line, and a paracord, axe, shovel. And so uh, half of my items chose turned out to be like completely out of the norm that nobody ever chosen before probably yeah nobody had ever really picked those for a show (laughs) um on any type of survival age type shows right and also i never picked a food ration you could pick up to two food rations as uh part of your 10 items you were gonna live off the land 
and nobody, uh, I was the only one that didn't choose food rations. And uh, I think it was like all the women chose at least two food rations. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, of course, when I was out there, I'm thinking to myself that they're just eating high off the hog every day, you know, and <laughs> picturing them eating cheeseburgers, even though their food rations wasn't cheeseburgers. Right. I just, you know, you picture things when you're out there alone. Sure. Um, so I, I was like, I, I need my tools to survive. So I picked everything that I thought would be a tool that would work with itself. Like the multi-tool would give me a, a file on it to sharpen the shovel, which was a sharpened edge. So I could use that as a machete. Um, you know, and uh, be able to file to sharpen the saw and and the, and it would give me more tools on it than just a fixed blade knife. So a lot of people were like, those are ridiculous choices. And they, they paid off in the end. <laughs> well, and what they don't know about you or didn't know about you is you're actually the Guinness Book of World Record holder for a slingshot. Tell us Not about yet. that. Oh, Not you're, oh, you're no, working that's, on that's that. My, that's my next future But you're goal good at it. Let's back. put it that way. You're really I'm, good at I'm, it. I'm, really good at because i picked the slingshot for alone because i figured i'd be able to get all kinds of food with it everybody's always bringing bows and they never get anything so i picked a slingshot and i practiced practice practice before i got out there i practiced every day when i was out there even though it turned out to be no game whatsoever where they dropped us oh no so, uh, <laughs> it ended up being just that fish the whole time wow. fish. and i did get two birds but they were just two tiny little birds so um, wow. but yeah, so I, that is my future goal, though, is to beat the Guinness World Record of how many cans you can knock down in a minute. It's 25 right now. I get about half of that on a good day. So, But that's only after a year's of practice, one year of practice. So I'm, wow. Well, we're rooting, we're rooting for yeah. you, brother. Thanks. <laughs> so, so you're out there, and obviously uh, the fish probably weren't even aplenty either, and there were some days where you had to implore a little bit of fasting, I would think, uh, really all of these survival shows. If you don't know how to fast and do it well, um, you're not going to survive. And so what was the longest period of time that you didn't have any food at all? Yes, yes and no. It was like um, the, the first couple days – Let's uh, go back a little bit. So okay. first, before I went on the show, I was sick all the time. All right. I, I hit it from the show when they were doing our evaluations. My stomach bothered me. I had gained, I was at 223 before I went on the show. I was getting pudgy. I was uncomfortable. My stomach always bothered me. I never had any energy. I was always felt dumpy and just I was starting to feel like I was trying not to eat. And I just kept eating and eating. I couldn't. I was always hungry. Was it a gut bug? What was it? I, I I don't know what it was, but when I got out there on the show, um, it was like I, I, it took me 24 hours before I got my first fish, and then I was catching almost a fish a day. Yeah. And so I, for, the first thing I did was I smoked my fish and I eat the fish, and I have one fish a day, and then I had three pots of fish head soup every day, and wow. all the bones of the fish and the broth would always and, go into yeah. fish head soup, and I drink the broth. That way, you get your minerals and your electrolytes as much as possible. Yes. And. I felt like crud for about 12 days. Wow. And uh, I was so sick. I was out there in the middle of the night. I used up all the moss for toilet paper on all the trees. I had to climb the trees to get more of that hanging TMI, moss. TMI, TMI, TMI. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it was rough. And, and my stomach bothered me so much. And then all of a sudden on the 13th day, it was it like a up. light bulb went on. I was better. I, I, my headache was gone. My, my nausea, everything that was bothering me was gone. I felt like my brain snapped into a higher gear. And I was just like, I couldn't believe it. Like I, I felt so much better. I felt so strong. And so I just kept going on like that. Um, and I had about a fish a day all the way up till about day 72. Okay. How, how many total days? 87, right? 
87 days. Oh, yeah. And around day 72, from that point on, last 14 days, I only had three fish and like five fish heads to keep the keep adding to the soup. So I almost never went really hungry until those like one every five days that towards that last 14 days. Like when I was like without the fish head soup was really boring and everything. And that's (laughs) when I lost my most weight is at the end there. And, uh, in the end I lost 73 pounds. Wow. But I felt so good. My BMI was 21 at the end. The person who got pulled, the, the second to last person got pulled because they were um, unfit to continue there, he said. Mm. She, her BMI was 16. Mm. And a, and a lot girl, of the that's people, really bad. Yeah. And a lot of the other people that quit were all around 16 when they quit. They were just like, at that point, your body's consumed all of its fat and you're just, you're mentally going to lose it there. They felt like it, you know, they're just like, I'm done. Sure. Well, and and one thing that's a a very clear thing we need to talk about is what was your diet like before you got on the show that might have led to some of this gut dysbiosis or whatever you were dealing with that cleared up while you were on the show? What what was your diet? Did it look like? Um, It was mostly organic food. Um, We ate fairly healthy. But before I met my wife, um, I hadn't. Uh, I, I ate whatever I wanted to. Sure. I loved having my sweet my sweeties for breakfast with my coffee in the morning. Sweeties, um, as in a, the candy, <laughs> like a Dan, a Danish okay. or you know whatever it was. You know, um, I think the the turning point was two years before the show. We thought I had Lyme disease, and I took some medicine for that um, for a period of time, yeah. and it messed me all up. And from then on out, I felt like I just continued to go downhill. Mm. Um, so. Wow. And so some of the stomach issues could have been uh, gut health related, could have been related to the Lyme disease, uh, possibly. So, wow, dude. And then you go on this show and, you know, we've seen other survivor type shows. In fact, Survivor, Elizabeth Hasselbeck didn't know she had a gluten intolerance um, until she went on that show and didn't have any gluten and everything uh, about her health improved as well. So uh, what were some of the other revelations that you noticed about your health going on this show and and doing this kind of uh, innocuous thing of just trying to see how long you could survive? What did you learn about yourself and your relationship to food specifically? Yeah, because when I, I went on the show, somebody had mentioned before the show, um, the survival expert who evaluated us said that, um, you know, you should look into the ketogenic diet. And he wouldn't eat pizza with us um, at the thing because he's like, oh, it's not good for you, all the carbs. And so when I was out there, it kept popping back into my mind. And I didn't really know anything about it, so I couldn't do anything then. But I felt so good. And then I came back and the day that I it ended and they came and told me I had won, I I went and started eating food again, and I got so sick. I spent a week being sick again. What was your first and meal when you got home? It was uh, like um, when I got back to Maine, it was like a week later that was pizza. But like they put me on a uh, starvation diet yeah. at first, and it was like rice and broth. And like they gave me raisins and all this stuff. And I hadn't had sugars oh in, gosh. you know, over 87 days. I <laughs> was so sick. I was like, this is ridiculous. I had no energy. I could barely lift my yeah. arms. I was so tired from like my body didn't know what to do with all this stuff. Well, you've been a fat burner because of the fasting you've been doing and the one fish a day ish that you were having. Uh, yeah. And then suddenly shifting that body back from fat burner to sugar burner again. Holy crap. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. And I, so I was like, all right, I got to do something about this. So yeah. I found your book um, and bought a download copy to listen to Keto Clarity. And I listened, I listened to that whole thing straight up, right? One, one end to the other. Wow. Nine and, and a half was like, hours. That, God bless you. <laughs> you know, and it, well, I mean, I was doing firewood while I was listening to it and stuff, but uh, I was like, this is amazing. This like, I was so motivational. I think I listened to it like three times in a row, you know, just um, while I was out working. And I was like, this, this makes so much sense. And I, I realized that I have a, you know, but even before the show, I've had a carb intolerance, I think, my whole life, mm. you know. And I think it runs in my family to be a little bit, have a carb intolerance. Like, I, I you know, if I have too many, I'm just going to puff up over the years. And that's what's been happening to me since I was younger. Because I've never been a big soda drinker, you know, and I haven't always put that much sugar away. But I do love my pizza and I love my bread and and uh, toast and butter. And it's like, it's it's built up on me over the years. Since high school, I've been gaining weight. And especially since the last two years before the show and that whole taking some medicines that messed up my stomach. How old are you now? I am 38. Do you miss the taste of homemade cookies and perhaps granola that you grew up on? Well, allow me to introduce you to Grapal. Go to JimmyLovesGrapal.com and you'll find out about this sweet and salty cookie granola. It's got really delicious cookie chunks all in it, you guys, with lots of bold flavors. I love eating Grapal-like cereal with unsweetened almond milk or coconut milk. And you can even use it as dessert with that keto ice cream from my cookbook, Grapal. Doesn't have any GMOs, doesn't have soy or grains or sugar or any of the other stuff that we don't eat on a ketogenic diet. And best of all, I love that it is full of 85% healthy fats. Go to JimmyLovesGrapow.com, that's G-R-A-P-O-W, enter the coupon code Jimmy at checkout and get 15% off of your order. You're going to want to get this, you guys. It's Grapow. So you you win this show, uh, which is phenomenal, by the way. Congratulations. Almost Thanks. three total months all alone. I think I'd go batty because I'm, I'm a little addicted to my smartphone. <laughs> yeah. And, and being away from that probably had benefits in and of itself as well. Um, so I'm sure when you got back home, kind of picking up, you know, electronics again was probably weird. Yeah, it uh, it wasn't as weird as I thought it would be. You know, it was weird for a couple minutes. Like I was all just very like boom in your face. Yeah. Um, and then it was it was nice. I got to pour through the photos from my wife's phone and see the kids and everything I missed and stuff. So, so it was very while cool. You, while you absolutely while you were out there, um, you know, what was your stress like and your sleep like before you got out there? And then what happened to both of those things while you were out there all alone? Yeah, the the sleep was uh, kind of just as messed up as my stomach was, you know, because I, I didn't sleep well. I was always waking up all the time, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I never slept through the night. And when I got out there um, I, I, for that first uh, 12 days or so, my uh, I felt very sick. I was uh, tons of nightmares and things like that. Um, and then it balanced out and I was kind of more like happy with my situation and where I was once I didn't feel sick anymore. And I started sleeping better. I slept on the ground, yeah. like on hard, cold ground. I put hot rocks under the bay, my bed, but um, and uh, comfortably on uh, for eighty-seven days, and I loved it. And I slept so well, you know. And then I came home, and I was eating the carbs again. And I started feeling <laughs> sick, and I didn't sleep well at night. It was like it's all related, and I, I just like it was, I. 
I found evidence, you know, and I'm like, I'm not doing this again, you well, know. And it really was evidence that that circadian rhythm is so important. And obviously being out there all alone, you had to be in the sun quite a bit during the daytime. And it's that daytime light. People neglect this. You know, I talk about low carb ketogenic diets all the time, but I think some of these lifestyle things is so important as well. And getting that adequate sunlight during the daytime, I'm sure that helped to set your circadian rhythm uh, in conjunction with getting rid of the crappy garbage. Um, I it, didn't have any sun. Oh, I was no on sun the, at all. No, they put, I, I got the sun four times the entire time I was out there. I got to stand in a ray of sunshine. I was put on the south face down in South America, which means that, you know, there was glaciers and everything that blocked the sun on my side oh. of the lake. So that made it even harder. Like I was the only one that had this site that was pitch you know, it was in the shadow all day long and it's stuff. not fair. <laughs> no, it was very difficult. And we're only allowed to move just so far. So you, I couldn't quite break free of that and what find was, a sunny spot. What was the temperature like uh, while you were there? It was wintertime. Uh, they dropped us in late, late fall. So it was, the first month was frozen in the night and thaw temperatures during the day of some sort. And, um, and then the middle month was frozen all through the night and all through the day. And then the last month, it would snow uh, or rain all night and then melt and, and kind of be rainy or snowy, melty snow during the daytime. So it was wow. pretty rugged. It was rugged conditions. So you got a little cold thermogenesis, you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do for exercise? I uh, pretty much surviving was the exercise. Right. I mean, I had to do firewood every day and every day I did two days worth of firewood so that if I ever twisted my ankle or something, I could always just hold up for a little bit and yeah. rest. Um, I also, because my area was on like a 45 degree slope and there were the lakes would in Patagonia can rise like five or six feet overnight sometimes if the glaciers all melt. And um, so I had to like hike up 250 steps I carved into the mountainside to make it over to a flatter area where I could build my shelter. Yeah. And I built like this bamboo yurt that was like a 10 foot um, circular shelter with double thick insulated walls. And I have a fire inside. It was, it was pretty comfortable. Wow. So yeah. thinking back on your experience, would you do it all over again? Yeah. They asked me after they're like, would you do it again? And I said, because there's already been two other seasons, I said you you when you got ten winners, I'll come back and fight for an them for a million. For yeah, all stars, I'll for do a, it million for a million bucks. You do that, yeah. They said, but Alan and Dave will be so old then in ten years, and I said, Good. yeah, I know. <laughs> Are they the yeah. original winners? Yeah, they they won, and they're they're uh, like uh, ten, twelve years older than me. So wow, yeah, yeah. they'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, late fifties is not bad. <laughs> no. So, um, so you want a half a million bucks. So that had to be life changing uh, money for you and your family. Uh, you did move out of the woods and into a home as a result of that. And now you've taken this uh, fame that you got from the History Channel survival show alone to be a full-time YouTuber. And guys, if you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, we'll have a link to it in the show notes section at thelivinlowcarbshow.com. But Fowler's uh, Makery and Mischief, I love that name. Uh, you do all kinds of things. And one of the things that you did is a series called 87 Days, where you talk about some of the survival tricks that help keep you alive for during that 87 days. Uh, and in one of the episodes, that's what caught my attention. I think you or one of my followers sent it to me. You mentioned Keto Clarity. So thank you for that. And uh, yeah, so talk about your YouTube and why you decided to, I guess, make this your career now. 
Yeah, I mean, I spent 87 days surviving and filming myself uh, for the History Channel. So when I got home, I was like, what better way to monopolize on this? There you go. And because uh, I built boats, but I I never really liked like boats or sailing. It was just something I was very good at. I've always been good at making stuff. And so my dream has always been to make whatever I want to make whenever I want to make it. So with the money, I was able to invest in myself and my family to be able to go full-time on YouTube and just make videos of me making stuff, and people love watching them. And uh, and then one of them was talking about uh, keto clarity and how the ketogenic diet has changed my life. And so everywhere I go, I run into people, and they ask me, you know, like, how are you still skinny? You know, how come, <laughs> you know, these other guys come back from the shows, and they get even bigger and pudgier than they ever were before the show? And I said, because I came back, and I... I started the diet eating regular again and it didn't work for me and I felt sick and slow and dumpy and out there I felt so razor sharp mentally. I was remembering books I had read years and years ago. I wrote like a whole book in my mind to entertain myself when I was out there. I I was just and I still remember it almost word for word and it's like I felt so good. So I wanted to find that again and I found that with with the ketogenic diet and, and, and people have been sending me messages every other day like ah, I, I now that i heard you talking about ketogenic diet i'm doing it i've been doing it for a week i feel great that's awesome uh, you know or two weeks i didn't feel so great after the first <laughs> week <but laughs> yeah so well, well that's amazing man and and you know i i think you've taken this concept uh being on this survival show you know and a lot of other people didn't learn the lessons why do you think they get back from these shows some of your fellow contestants and they don't remember oh my gosh you know xyz got better for me why don't i put two and two together that there's something about what i did while i was out here surviving that i'm not doing in my everyday life why, why do you, why do you think not, uh, more people aren't doing what you did and learning the lessons from your experience because you're so hungry I mean, I came back so hungry. It took me almost a month before I stopped licking my plate clean, my wife said. <laughs> you know, I was just, uh, it's like I wasn't eating. The thing was, and I was like, I wasn't even that hungry when I was out there. But I came back and eating regular foods just makes you st- even hungrier. And and I was like, I just couldn't stop eating. I ate from one meal to the next. But then with the ketogenic diet and you start doing that, your your hunger is ebbed. And it was the only way I could curb my hunger. And it took it took a couple good like three months of trying to do the ketogenic diet where I find that there was things that were messing me up. And sure. I, I, I bounce in and out of it and in and out of it and stuff like that. And uh, and then I even stopped when we bought our house and I, I gained back like 20 pounds in like a month because I was like yo-yoing on the diet aspect, yep. you know, and it's like and then I started doing it again and I lost all that back again and. Um, you know, and, and like, and like feel that mental clarity return. I, I mean, I sl- I get up at four fifteen. I work on editing videos. Uh, and then I, I go to bed after everybody else, you know, at like nine 30 or 10 and I wake up feeling like crisp and like, I've never been able to get out of bed in the morning my whole life. I've always <laughs> felt tired. I always felt exhausted until after the sun went down. And then I started to feel like I was awake again. 
And it's like, this has changed everything for me. Well, and I've talked to some sleep experts on this here show who talk about when you go ketogenic, your body doesn't have as much to repair. You know, a lot, a lot of people are having to, you know, sleep eight to nine hours because they're just flooding their body with all these things that are causing uh, damage to be done. But when you're eating a low inflammation diet, like a ketogenic diet, or if you're fasting or if you're doing other things that are very low inflammatory, it stands to reason you can sleep maybe six to seven hours and feel just as, if not more refreshed than the eight to nine most other people do. Yeah. And you don't feel hangry. You know, I remember Never. before I felt so hangry all the time. I'm like, why isn't my lunch ready? You know, <laughs> and it's like, and like now I've been doing, uh, adding, I added intermittent fasting to it recently. Yes. And I been about a month of only eating at, uh, for a four hour period every day from four thirty on. Ah, so you do and 24. Yeah. And, and so like during that four hour period, I have like a meal and a half's worth of food and I run, I, um, every day and I feel great. I, and I run before I've eaten and things like that. I don't feel overly hungry after I don't feel, I feel, I, I mean, I don't even feel extremely hungry when it is dinner time. I feel like appropriate amount of hunger. Yeah, I eat I an appropriate eat. amount of food. Yeah. You know? So what are you eating in that four hour window? Um, you know, usual stuff from your cookbook. <laughs> nice. I tried to, that's one of the big things I would encourage people. If you get into the ketogenic diet is do your research on what you can eat and, and learn new recipes. Cause that's the hardest thing starting out was like picking out, not knowing what you could, you feel like there's only a small window of stuff you can eat. The more you learn though, it's like, man, there's the most delicious foods in the world out there that are ketogenic recipes. That's right. You know? And the cool thing I love about keto, and it's kind of the selling point I give people, is look how satiating and delicious all the foods are. You know, I think about when I used to eat a low-fat diet, I was never happy. You know, you fool yourself into thinking that that Boca burger is good, but it's really nasty. you got to put ketchup all over it to make it taste good. It was not good, but now you can have, you know, delicious fatty cuts of meat, and they're on the menu. You can have uh, organic vegetables with butter and it's on the menu. And I think that's the that's the key difference with keto is you don't feel miserable in the midst of doing it. Exactly. People make you feel bad and all the like, lobster and dipped in butter is like <laughs> bad for you. And like you're you're binging and all that stuff. And now it's like lobster dipped in butter is like one of the best things, you know, you can and, and some steak with it. And you're oh, man, it's delicious. My my wife and I go on cruises and yeah, sometimes we'll be. Uh, you know, we'll choose, you know, ketogenic foods in the lunch. And I remember one lady one time walked by and went, oh, I see you're letting yourself go. And well, number one, that's rude. But and I had like a hamburger <laughs> with cheese and, and you know some fat on the side. And, and she's like, see, you let yourself go. I'm, no, actually, I'm eating really healthy right now. Thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, she exactly. had like crappy garbage all over her plates. <laughs> Yeah, I keep trying to sell my parents on it, you know, and it's become a, a, a laughing point of contention with us. Yeah, they're getting they're getting older and they're struggling more and more. And oh, yeah, my mom, she runs like all the time and and um, or or like spends like all this time bicycling and things like that doesn't run. But, um, you know, and like spends like five, uh, like three hours a day working out. But yet it's not it's not doing anything, you know. And, yeah. and uh, they're like, they're like, stop bugging us about it. We're not going <laughs> to give up our cookies after dinner and our Pepsi and their, you know, uh, and their mashed potatoes for, but 
They will we'll at see. some point. Uh, my own yeah. mom, uh, you know, she's seen me over the years and read all my books. And it wasn't until last January when she got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes that she finally, you know, really wanted to do this seriously. And she's done it. She's dropped her A1C from 7.5 to 5.5 pretty darn quick, just just basically eating keto. Um, and, and my sister Beverly's doing it with her and making a lot of the recipes out of the ketogenic cookbook. So, yeah, so... It, it's it's not as hard as people think it is, and you're not depriving yourself. It sounds like your mom's kind of in that mentality. Of, oh, I don't want to lose my cookies, and yeah. So I, I guess you just live by example at this point, Zach, and you let everything else fall where it may. It, it really is like a miracle thing, you know. I, I even before I went on the show, I had a um, like a reoccurring rash, like an eczema almost, you know, mm-hmm. um, on my my chest and one of my arms and things like that. And uh, after it, it went away, it hasn't hasn't been a hasn't reoccurred. I mean, um, I've heard other people say other things that they've had just cleared up, uh, started growing hair and and uh, uh, unreal. That's awesome. So what happened to the gut thing? Is it cleared up and stayed cleared up or have you seen it creep back in? What what happened there? Um, I, I've it's been pretty much clean. I haven't had any problems. You know, I, I just the only thing I when I switched back off the diet at um, when we bought the house and things like that, I never felt that good again. It's yeah. not like I ever I didn't you know, it was like a month or two months of eating um, regular foods again. And um, it, I didn't feel great. You know, I felt sluggish. I didn't feel like I had as much energy. And I, I don't know how I, I was like, I just don't want to live like this, mm. you know, so. I don't know if I'll ever go back to eating carbs full time enough that I will, you know, find some sort of a balance with them because I really don't want to feel like that again. Yeah. Well, you are certainly a strange puppy that's an outdoorsman and yet you like all the kind of geeky video editing aspect, too. So you're kind of the best of both worlds. And what you guys don't know is beforehand uh, we had to teach him how to plug in his headphones. (laughs) But we made it, and you made it through this show. Again, his name's Zachary Fowler. Go check him out on his YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Fowler's Makery and Mischief. We'll have a link to it in the show notes section at theliveandlowcarbshow.com. But Zach, thanks so much for being here today on the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. Thanks for having me. Coming up next time on the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll have a ketogenic nutritional specialist named Rachel Gregory from Killing It Keto. Get show notes for today's episode at theliveandlowcarbshow.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time. Disc of Light.